Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome. To the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubergalist. This show is one in which I discuss, well, discussion sort of uh, implies that, uh, that it's a two-way street. Whereas this is a one-way, you know, where you got the arrow, white arrow on a black background. Classic, classic one-way street, which reminds me one time. Um, uh, when I was, I don't know, early teens, I would have to guess, uh, my mom, uh, drove us, uh, me and my sister accidentally, uh, the wrong way down a one way street. Nothing happened, but, uh, we did sort of like make fun of her for that because it is amusing to do so. Anyways, uh, spoiler warning. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, spoiler potential things. Oh my God. Professionals at this juncture would likely restart or edit. However, being neither professional nor uh, 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 willing to do so means that I leave just about everything in. Uh, very infrequently do I edit anything, and it shows. Let's go ahead and face it. Let's also push a button that will start... Oh no, not start a timer. That's the old days. Let's uh, push a button for the first segment of this piece of shit podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Movie monologue. Uh, today's movie monologue sponsor is Carnivorous Hominid Underdark Denizens. Thank you for that sponsorship. It's funny, uh, l- literally just had to edit out because I hit the mic. And that normally makes a loud s- sound, so I'm already a goddamn liar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <clears throat> okay, um, movie the first, Little Women from 2019. Yes, I watched this movie. Uh, to be honest, uh, the main reason I watched this is because I learned that this is like the fifth or sixth or like it's a crazy amount of times this movie has been made. Uh, Little Woman based on the book of the same name. Um, and uh, it was must have been on a podcast, I think, where it was people discussing uh, not only that fact, but the fact that this was the best one uh, so far. So I decided, you know what, Uh, why the hell not? I'm going to watch the movie Little Woman. This is the best version. They've made it a bunch of times since like the friggin' 1910s. Okay, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. But they've made this movie a lot of times for a very long time, so it can't be that bad. And after watching it, uh, yeah, not my cup of tea. I don't think I am uh, the target audience necessarily. Uh, That being said, it's fine. Jeez, would I go with three? If 
you're unfamiliar with my writing scale, three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, I definitely wouldn't watch again, and so there was some enjoyment, um, so we'll go three. Yeah, a reluctant three, we'll call that, for Little Women from 2019. Uh, Joe March reflects back and forth on her life, telling the beloved story of the March sisters, four young women, each determined to live life on her own terms. I'm going to sneeze. Okay, now I had to edit out a sneeze. What the frig? More editing than I've done in a long time. Um, yeah, uh, it's a it's a period piece. <laughs> uh, it's you know, it's Little Women. What what more do you want? Moving on to probably oh geez, could you have more? I, I think I've had this sort of question before on uh, movie movie monologues in particular. Could you have two more different? just things <laughs> so we're going from little women to chud from 1984 if you're unfamiliar with chud it stands for cannibalistic human underground dwellers yes a bizarre series of sudden disappearances in the streets of new york city seems to point point towards something unsavory living in the sewers oh my this is from 1984, and it is sort of quintessential, uh, I was going to say B-movie, but we'll go, you know, B-plus movie, A-minus movie, uh, of the horror sci-fi genre uh, of the uh, early 1980s, and uh, very much feels that way, in a good way, in a good way, definitely... So bad it's good. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is sort of a, a famously so bad it's good. Did they make a second one of these? Anyways, we've got uh, John Hurd. Oh, uh, you know what? The missus and I are just re-watching um, Sopranos. And he uh, is, of course, in that. Daniel Stern, which I was just talking about him to someone the other day and mentioned he was in Chud. Uh, and there's a few names that'll pop up in this that you will recognize. But basically, it's these things that live uh, underground in the sewers and the railways and the, the apparent myriad of tunnels, almost D&D-like, uh, uh, maze-like tunnels uh, below the city of New York. Um, without giving too much away, I'll just say radiation? Question mark? Oh... Uh, and the things look uh, pretty, it's all practical effects, of course, because it's, you know, 1984 and there wasn't much in the way of non-practical effects. And they, they look, <clears throat> you know, not great, but there's something about practical effects that even to this day just feel a little more real. Uh, so, you know, give it points for that. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a, a solid... And you know what? I can't remember if I hadn't had seen this one or not. I don't think I had, but I, I've heard about it over the years. It's it's quite often like a punchline to a joke. I feel like chud. That's C period H period U period D period. Um, a great name by the way. Uh, I'll go like a four point five. Yeah, I, I enjoy chud. Oh, you know what? Just while I'm on the imda, chud two. Oh. Chud to Bud the Chud. Oh my god, how can I get this? From 1989. Oh wow, we waited a number of years for Chud 2. Okay, so I'm going to copy this IMDb. <laughs> and I'm going to email it to myself to see if I can find Chud 2 colon 
Bud the Chud. That is not a joke. Moving on to The Jesus Rolls from 2019. Oh, Little Women from 2019. The Jesus Rolls from 2019. Uh, a trio is a trio of misfits whose irreverent, sexually charged dynamic evolves into a surprising love story as their spark- spontaneous and flippant attitude towards the past or future backfires time and again. It's a very interesting uh, imbida description. Mm, I suppose it's apt, and it's got a lot of big words in it, <laughs> and th- th- it doesn't necessarily explain the plot, but more the feel, and uh, and I like it. Yeah, okay, so my rating for the IMDb description of the Jesus Rolls is, we'll go four. My uh, rating for the movie as a whole will go... Uh, closer to a three. Uh, it, it was fine. Uh, starring and written by and directed by John Tuturo, who this is what I think happened uh, because it said, I think at the end, based on a book, or maybe it said somewhere in the credits, based on a book. So I think he uh, got a hold of this book and really enjoyed it and thought it could be turned into a movie. But perhaps. Uh, either had difficulty uh, getting that done or decided that in order to get it done, perhaps he could sort of intertwine with it uh, the character of Jesus that he played in, um, oh my God, The Big Lebowski. Because he is that Jesus. uh, uh, Right down to the licking of a... um, (laughs) <laughs> a bowling ball uh, which they use in the trailer now I should say if you're going in expecting a movie of that character um, it's almost as if he is just that character enough to have some film for the trailer and then the rest of the movie he's a, a totally different character uh, it, it sort of had that feel that he kind of maybe had to make some sacrifices in order to get this made possibly this is all a hype hypothesis uh that being said uh comedy crime drama yeah okay that makes sense it's got a little um oh what's that movie uh not dazed and confused natural born killers but not as menacing uh a, a, a sort of traveling and a little bonnie and clyde bonnie and clyde and clyde i suppose you might call it um it's good. Jeez, rating-wise, I think you're going to go 3.8. Yeah, 3.8. How about that? Uh, John Tuturo is good. you got Christopher Walken, you, you, uh, J.B. Smooth, John Hamm, Pete Davidson, Susan Sarandon. It was incredible. Uh, Bobby Cannavale, who's a, a comedian. Uh, you know, some, some good names. They're all good in it. I'm bumping it up to a 4.1. Huh? Don't do that often. Uh, okay, moving on to Standing Up, Falling Down, from 2019 as well. <clears throat> Apparently, a busy year for movies. Well, was the last a busy year for movies? Ooh, that's sort of an interesting question. What are my movie monologues going to look like in the future? Well, because I watch movies from all years, I think it'll be a while before I run out of movies, uh, regardless of if movies continue to be made, which... Who knows what will happen with that? <laughs> uh, the unlikely friendship that kindles between a struggling stand-up comedian from L.A. forced to move back home 
with his tail between his legs. Oh, that's kind of not nice. And tragically flawed but charming and charismatic alcoholic dermatologist. Oh, let me read that last part. And a tragically flawed but charming and charismatic alcoholic dermatologist. That, my friends, is a sentence I very much enjoy. Uh, I'm going to give that a 5 out of 5 to that sentence within this IMDb description. And I'm going to give the movie a 4.87. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, starring uh, Billy Crystal, who uh, I, I don't know if I've ever really seen a Billy Crystal movie that I haven't enjoyed. Uh, and, and also Ben Schwartz, who I'm just like a huge fan of in general period full stop uh super super funny i've uh, been following his career for many years since you know the, the college humor days and beyond um you know comedy bang bang i, I believe uh, i would be shocked if he hadn't i could check but i'm not going to if he hasn't uh, played one of my would you rather scenarios on comedy bang bang before i would imagine he has as long as he's played it which he probably has uh, you know what i could always check okay here well Stall for time, co-host. Uh, okay, I'm not used to doing this. Uh, my name is Co. Last name host. Uh, uh, okay, I'm uh, looking it up. I, I just forget what it's called. It's like a wood, uh, podcast interaction list. <laughs> Dumb. Okay, so now if I control F, because of course it's a uh, Google Sheets, aka Excel document, and control F means fine, and if I type in Ben, Ben Schwartz. Uh, okay, so in episode, uh, 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 do I say what episode? Uh, that's fact. before I was keeping track. Okay, so uh, in an episode he and Horatio Sands played, and okay, I, I guess that's it, but still he has. Do I have the scenario? No. Uh, so on my list, uh, it wasn't until episode 424 that I started keeping track of the episode numbers of when one of my would you rather scenarios uh, gone on. So, you know, there you go. A little off topic, but a little on topic. We're here to ramble. And that's just what we do. One of these days, these podcasts is going to ramble all over you. Television talk. Today's television talk. Uh, today's television talk sponsor is. Looks like the sponsor. Oh, okay. This is interesting. Looks like this is the sponsor of where uh, Phil Rosenthal buys his shoes. Uh, seems like it's called Big Shoes to Fill. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, we are talking Somebody Feed Phil Season 3. Available for your viewing pleasure on Netflix. Uh, this season, only five episodes uh, for some reason. Uh, maybe it had to do with Corona stuff, although I feel like that's probably not the case. Uh, maybe it was. Who knows? Um, whereas season two was six, and I think season one also six. So we lost an episode somewhere along the way, which is fine. They're still all good. In fact, good to, to the degree where, uh, uh, and, and this happens to the Mrs. and I a lot, I feel like, or maybe I feel it 
more, I don't know, uh, where you get to the end of a season of television and you're so deeply disappointed that there's, <laughs> there's no more in the season. Uh, and, and that's one of my higher recommendations for somebody feed Phil where five episodes in and, and you try to spread them out. You try not to binge them too much because they're so good. Uh, and you don't want it to end. And when it's over, you're like, ah, oh, Jesus, back to the Back to the old life where I don't have a new episode of Somebody Feeds Phil to watch. Shit. May as well goddamn kill myself. Okay, so um, we have, uh, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Somebody Feed Phil, it's Phil Rosenthal, a creator of uh, several, creator writer on uh, several television programs. Uh, probably most notably, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. And he is a bit of a foodie. Well, is he a foodie or does he just like to eat? Hmm. I, I, I think eventually someone who is the latter, <laughs> I forget which order I said that one, someone who just likes to eat and likes fine foods eventually sort of morphs into a foodie, I feel like. That's sort of the natural progression of that state, I would assume. Um, so uh, even if he's not, he, he's making his way to that sort of foodiness. Um, and he travels around the world to various cities and... Uh, goes to places, I don't know where he gets his recommendations, maybe just people he knows, maybe uh, online, who knows, maybe it's just the producers of the show, many possibilities, and not important, so I don't know why I'm dwelling on it, uh, and he'll go to, you know, a, a handful of restaurants in each city and sort of experience that city's cuisine, it's a travel show, it's a food show, these are good things to watch on a Sunday, and I love them easy five out of five you know what let me do this instead season one and two uh, i'm pretty sure i gave five out of five this one i'm gonna give a uh, 4.89 and then let me tell you why uh it feels like and it's not necessarily a bad thing it just um, well let me explain um this season it felt like he rather than 100 percent searching just for good food he was 75% searching for good food and 25% searching for uh, good stories of interesting people uh, who have maybe trials and tribulations that he can sort of glob onto. None of this is in a negative way necessarily. It just felt a little forced this season, I will admit, where, you know, uh, someone's down on his luck and he's going to, uh, or it's a, a family who he wants to interact with and help. And it, like it, it's sort of heartwarming, but it felt a little forced. Whereas in previous seasons, it was heartwarming, but uh, it didn't have that we are looking for the heartwarming feel. Whereas this season kind of did a little bit. So uh, uh, if you can ignore that, and, and maybe it's all in my head even, I, I don't know, maybe it's some uh, uh, of the world today sort of tainting my view. But uh, I don't know, it just kind of felt like that this season. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, okay, so let me just quickly run down the cities we've got marrakesh which is interesting it's in uh, morocco uh i did uh, you know i don't know if this is a universal thing um but it is for a lot of people i know because a lot of people i know uh, went to school in ontario canada um where in like grade i don't want to say like grade four grade five somewhere in that neighborhood uh everyone had to like pick a country and do a project on it 
as you do. Uh, that feels like it's probably somewhat universal uh, that people do that in school. In the, the country I chose or was given, I don't know if I would have chosen it, but uh, just because it's an interesting choice, was uh, Morocco. Uh, my grandfather used to go to Morocco a handful of times, like maybe six times, which, you know, if you're traveling around the world and choose to return to a place, uh, I'm sure he's probably been to Marrakesh. So, uh, if you like lamb, <laughs> seems like a good spices, pretty cool. Uh, a, a interesting place, a, a place I would visit. Yeah, definitely. Other than the heat. Yeah. When you did not go to hot places, uh, episode two, Chicago, of course, uh, big food town. Uh, whenever the doughboys go there, it's always like, Jesus, how do, how do you people eat the way you do? <laughs> so uh, I'm sure Phil enjoyed that. London, uh, tr not traditionally uh, uh, in the past, at least known uh, for their food, uh, the English in general. But that has changed even in the last, you know, five years, five, ten years. It's definitely changed. And uh, it's sort of interesting to see that transformation. Seoul. South Korea. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, any Asian, uh, like the missus and I watch a crap ton of just, uh, uh, uh people in Asia, uh, go, be it food, be it, uh, vending machines that I've mentioned, uh, uh fascination with Asia. Asia means that we uh, enjoyed this episode of course. Uh, and then last, uh, we've got Montreal, which, uh, is cool because, well, we're Canadian and, uh, it's, have I been to Montreal? I don't think I've ever been to Montreal. I've been to Ottawa. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't been to Montreal. Uh, famous for uh, um, poutine, which I don't think he ever had poutine. Did he have poutine? I can't remember. Uh, so, you know, a little little hometown episode, we'll call that. Uh, and, and all in all, a good season that I recommend you watch. I think I'm just going to push one more button. Yeah, here we go. Today's internet. Oh shit! <laughs> pushed a button. Push a button. Pushed a bunch of buttons there. Pushed a button. Oh, that's hard to say. Pushed a bunch of buttons. Pushed a bunch of buttons. Pushed a bunch of buttons. Ah, did I just inadvertently come across a new tongue twister? Pushed a button bunch of buttons there push a bunch of buttons there push a bunch of buttons there ah okay you know what uh infrequently but I, I do like it when it does happen uh the title of the episode uh will come up mid episode sometimes it will be before although that's someone's rare sometimes it will come after which is probably the majority of the time we have to like think of something and then frequent or infrequently and these are my favorite ones uh it will come up during the episode so pushed a bunch of buttons there equals a tongue twister yeah, yeah okay that's a title if anything is uh, okay, so item the first of this internet intercourse. Oh, I should mention the sponsor, of course. We got to make dollar dollar bills, y'all. Oh, God. Uh, the Dyson Dyson Sphere. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
Okay, first we've got uh, Elena Pierce's YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, I've been enjoying this a lot like lately. So, as what happens in the internet intercourse segment, I find things on the internet that I enjoy and bring them back and talk about them. That's all it is. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm sure you've heard me talk of her in the past, most likely revolving around uh, her work on Funhouse, which is uh, uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels. Uh, she, she's funny and she's quick on that. Um, but what I've sort of learned from her YouTube channel and uh, other things she's been doing lately is uh, so, so uh, incredibly knowledgeable of the video game industry that just sort of uh, has blown me away with that recently. So it's uh, interesting to see that. And uh, she did a video. Oh, you know what? I, I opened it up. She did sort of a, a day in the life video, which was pretty cool. Because I've often uh, wondered, you know, what do these people on the internet, what do their days look like? And she's sort of very uh, entwined and in the know of video game related stuff. So if you ever are doing, you know, a panel show or, jeez, uh, anything with video game related where you need some knowledge, you need, you need a, uh, I believe the term is a talking head, uh, she, goddamn just just uh, just amazing and uh, i recommend her channel and uh, just uh, seems like a very interesting nice uh, not to mention beautiful uh, person so you know all good stuff why don't you check her out moving on to star trek the next conversation uh colon relics oh okay so I've spoken of uh, Star Trek The Next Conversation uh, many times, uh, host Matt Myra and Andy Secunda. Matt Myra, in fact, uh, one of the people you hear in the show uh, opening, the one who says, uh, might be good, might be terrible, uh, of this podcast. Let's face it, terrible is the answer, but uh, despite that, uh, I have spoken uh, highly of that podcast where they are watching uh, every episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and talking about it in a conversation, hence the name of the podcast. Yeah, uh, so they're up to season six, yeah, um, and they got to what apparently is uh, Matt's, Matt Myra's favorite um favorite episode of the show uh and it was the one that had scotty on it scotty from the original series which uh you know i, I thought it was a good episode but i don't remember having a love of it that he did uh and, and the reason i brought it back here because uh, I, I enjoy all episodes of the show <clears throat> uh however i think and, and this really emphasized it for me um, the difference between when it's a bad episode that they don't like and a good episode that they love, um, I think I tend to gravitate more towards uh, the ones where it is a good episode that they love and, they ex and they're excited about it. And, and it's just sort of this episode in particular, uh, in particular for Matt, but for Mandy as well, <clears throat> just oozing with their love of this show. The episode in particular, but the show as a whole, um, what aspects of this episode in particular they love of Star Trek, uh, um, the, the, the combination that you got next generation and old generation in one, it, it's just a beautiful, uh, if like me, you are a Star Trek fan and <laughs> want to listen to a podcast about Star Trek, uh, I, hell, start with that one because you don't really have to do these in order necessarily. Uh, and, and just such dripping with genuine warmth, uh, and love of the show. Uh, it just warmed the cockles of my cold, dead heart. 
and I recommend it <laughs> because that is what happens in the internet intercourse. Okay, uh, last but not least, Quibi. Yeah, Quibi. We're going to talk about that, believe it or not. Uh, apparently, they have a YouTube channel. And they posted, uh, I think it was like a selection of quibs. Is that what they call them over there? I've never been on the app. It's an app, right? It's not a website. Anyways, Quibi sadly sort of a punchline now um, for it's not doing the greatest. Um, had a show, a segment. I don't even know what it is, what's going on over there. Called Home Movies, um, which apparently is... Uh, and, and this came about because of coronavirus. So, you know what? Hey, there you go. We found a coronavirus silver lining that we wouldn't have had home movies from Quibi in which, uh, uh various actors and famous folk, uh, reenact scenes from, uh, famous movies like the princess bride. Oh, uh, so yeah, uh, this is kind of interesting how they did it and it was fun and it makes you think uh, what are uh, again makes you think what are movies going to look like in the future so basically uh you'll have for example uh jack black playing wesley and diego luna playing in in inigo montoya um but they're both at their own home sort of recording and (laughs) and you might have like a stand-in for an arm or something where it's like jack black uh guy i don't know his son maybe to reach in and, and pull him up to the cliff uh you remember, if you remember that scene or uh for so for when they're sword fighting someone uh off screen is holding a sword and then they sort of go back and forth as if they're in the same room although they're clearly in two separate like backyards uh, uh let me just run down the names that we have so we have uh jack black as wesley diego luna as inogo montoya uh, Caitlin Denver is Wesley. Finn Wolfhard is uh, Montoya. Uh, King Bach is uh, Vincenzi Vicini. Isn't it Vincenzi? I don't know how to say his name. Dave Batista as Fezzik. David Spade as Wesley. That I think was my favorite. <laughs> Dave Batista as Fezzik. You know that sort of makes sense. And then David Spade as Wesley was was pretty hilarious. Uh, watching them quote unquote fight. Uh, Tom Lennon as Prince Humperdinck. Perfect. Perfect casting there. Of all of these castings. Ugh, even Dave Batista as Fezzik. Ah, jeez, that's a tough one. Uh, Oliver Lennon as Rugen. Rungen. Oh, yeah. Patton Oswald as Vizeni. And John Hamm as Wesley. Just to name all of them, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, funny, ridiculous, uh, obvious in the fact that they're all in their own separate backyards but it didn't matter and i think that's how you would have to do these sorts of things take scenes from movies that everyone's seen a million times uh and do them that way uh pat noswalt will give a little little nod to him as well why was he wearing a top hat (laughs) that part was a little weird anyways uh i got real rambly at the end but that'll happen when it's goddamn so early in the morning and i haven't had my cup of bull semen i don't know what i'm talking about folks we did it i suppose something happened 31 minutes of recording happened and apparently that's going to be a podcast uh, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. 
You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper